Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Just turn around to somebody whether you know them or not. Give them a hug. Tell them they look beautiful. They smell beautiful. They're amazing. You're looking forward to sitting next to them in church this morning. Awesome. Grab a seat. Thank you, guys. Love you. Grab a seat. Rest those legs. Fantastic. Vincent, it is nice to see you. It's always good to see Vincent and Jenny. Does everybody know Vincent and Jenny? Can you guys stand up just for a second? Vincent and Jenny are reluctant to. They, they very rarely do what I ask them to. But they are sensational people. And I am blessed that God has brought them into our world and this community. Can we just put our hands together one time? Vincent and Jenny. Absolutely amazing. So obviously we're in kind of the second week of our Vision Builders campaign. Next week is our celebration. It's come when we make our pledges and our, and our offerings to God. And then afterwards where we celebrate together. Can I, can I just encourage all of you? We've already catered it next week. It's already paid for. It's already done. We want everybody to be there. Whether you can commit to Vision Builders or not is irrelevant because together we're better. And we're, we're, we're doing this together. Uh, I'll be sharing shortly. But um, Vision Builders is not about everybody giving the same amount and everybody doing the same. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. We all find ourselves at varying levels in life and in varying situations and circumstances. And where I am today may not be where I was last year. What I could do last year, I may not be able to do this year. What I did last year, I might be able to multiply this year. It doesn't, it, the amount's irrelevant. It, it's the heart behind what we're about to do. What we're about to do is step out again, to go again in, in the building of the house of God and the blessing of God. And like Melissa said, this is our third year, and in the first two years, we've already got $60,000 sitting in the bank, gaining interest from the bank, uh, that, that is just sitting there earmarked for when we get a building and a facility. So can you just put your hands together for yourselves? Your generosity has made that possibility. Your generosity is going to um, prepare the way for the future. Uh, but I, I just want to make it very clear. This, we're all in together. Whether we can give this year or we can't, whether we can go big or we have to pull back a little bit is irrelevant. Please come next, year, next week, next year as well, uh, next week and celebrate with us. We've got a beautiful lunch. Jace, do we have those photos there of last year? This, this is kind of how it was set up last year. We're going to do the same thing this year. All the food catered for, people just having fun, face painting for the kids, beautiful food. It's a time to celebrate together. Who knows when you, when you work hard, you should play hard. We should, we've got to enjoy the goodness of God and all that he's done and uh, that, that we are making progress and we are moving forward as a church, as a community, as individuals that we're just celebrating God's goodness. Amen? Fantastic. And some of you are new to church, so I just want to, this morning, take the time to outline, explain basically what Vision Builders is, and like Melissa said, we do do it throughout all of our churches, and why it's so important to us. You know, there's a great saying that whatever grows lives, whatever starves dies, whatever doesn't grow dies, that we have to keep growing, we have to keep moving forward, expanding and enlarging. And I love what it says in Isaiah 54, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. It's our responsibility to get bigger. It's our responsibility to, to make a bigger place for God to come and inhabit and fill. And I've heard a lot of times, you know, why buildings? Why a building? The building's not important. It's not, but it helps. You know, it's, it's, it's not important, but, you know, over time, the setting up and the packing down, the setting up and the packing down, the, the having issues with school because we've done this or we've done that, to, to have our own place, to take ground, to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, this is the house of God. Right here, this is the house of God. It's permanent. We're not going anywhere. 
devil, you've thrown the kitchen sink at us, the storms, every other thing. We're still here. We're not going anywhere. We're going to glorify God and we're going to open wide our doors so others can come in and find him and enter into relationship as well. Amen. And sometimes it's a little confusing. It's like, why are we doing this? Why, why are we doing this for? You know, and I, I just, I, this morning I got up in the dark because now I had a surf comp to go to. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Uh, like, like on the, honestly, that's the thought I had. I'm thinking just 20 more minutes in bed would just be fantastic. I get up every, early every day of my life, and I'm thinking this is the one, if I could have 20 more minutes, I'd, why am I doing this? And I get up in the dark, and I didn't even know where I was going. They, they make a call on Facebook, and they were going to make the call at 7 o'clock, and then they didn't end up making the call till 7.30. The comp was meant to start at 7. And so Noah and I are driving, but I said, get in the car, let's just head in the direction we know it's roughly going to be. And so we're driving. I stop and get a coffee and I'm driving in the direction that I roughly know where it's going to be and then we just pull into the side of the road and we're talking and hanging out and I'm reading my message and he's looking at Facebook and then finally the call came it said hey babe so then I'm still we're, we're there and I'm walking along this track and I don't even know how long the track is it's it's long <laughs> Matt, Matt knows how long the track is and I'm saying oh, am I going left or am I going right and he goes oh no you go down this track oh no you go down that track and I'm walking and walking and walking we get to the thing see the surf okay now we're ready for the comp go in the comp, get knocked out, we're walking back. And as I'm walking back, I'm thinking, what the heck is this all about? I got up in the dark to go somewhere I didn't know where I was going to do something that wasn't for me but was for somebody else. And I'm walking back. He said, put one foot in front of the other. I said, what? He said, put one foot in front of the other. As I'm walking, he said, every step you take is getting you closer to your desired location, your desired destination. And and you know what? On the way down, the path seemed really long. But I just started putting one foot in front of the other. And within a minute, we were back. We were at the end of the track. We were at the car. We were getting changed and ready for church, which is where I wanted to be this morning. But I felt like for some of us, that's what a Vision Builders campaign is like. Wow. We're in the dark. What, what are we doing? Yeah. I'm not necessarily understand. What is this about? And I felt like the Lord was saying, just put one foot in front of the other. Wow. If you can trust us, if you can step into the, the slipstream or the flow of what we're doing as a church to the level that you can and just put one foot in front, eventually the sun rises. Eventually, you see where you're going. Eventually, you get to the destiny. And do you know what? This morning wasn't about me. It was about my son. And I felt like God said, it's not about us. It's about the community. What we're doing, what Vision Builders is not about us. It's about... And do you know the awesome thing is somebody did it for us beforehand. I used to sit in, a, in an amazing building at Oxford Falls that could seat two and a half, three thousand people. Magnificent. There was a television studio. There was, there was lecture rooms. There was prayer chapels. There was a forecourt. There was, there was room for Bible colleges and room, you know, facilities for youth and all these things. Somebody gave so I could go there. Yeah. I got saved at that place. I, I, I met Jesus at that place. I, I actually walked through a door. Why is a building important? Because I, I crossed a threshold yeah. into a building where I went, wow, this is awesome. This is fantastic. And then I heard the worship. And then I heard the prayer. Then I gave my heart to Christ. We can do the same for other people. We can do the same for future generations. And that's kind of why we do what we do. Amen? Amen? And you know, most weeks, church is focused on what God has done and can do for us. I'm telling you about the blessings. And I'm telling you about the breakthrough. And I'm telling you about the power of God that's available to you if you will just only believe. And as we come to Vision Builders, it's, it's kind of like what we can do for God. You know, just for this brief few-week period, it's about what we can do, how we can partner with God to see His plans and His purposes manifest in the earth today. We can be His hands and His feet. We can, we can put legs to the vision that God has. And what's the vision of God? What's the will of God? The will of God is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. So it would be a very selfish Christianity if I just accepted my salvation and did nothing with it. 
if I sat back in, well, I'm saved, I know where I'm going, and that's fantastic. There's a time where we've got to sacrifice, where we've got to press in and put our hand to the plow and go, God, I'm in. I'm part of the team now, just like I was sharing last week with Paul. Used to be Saul, now I'm Paul, I'm in, let's go. What do you got for me? And, and he suffered persecution, and he had people that hated him, and he wasn't necessarily doing what he wanted to do, but he followed God's plans, and it worked out in the end. So we can, we can partner with God to create room. And I don't know about you, I love partner. I work with Nick, Tussa's husband, and I actually love working. I hate building, just so you know. I, I build most days of my I hate it. It breaks my body. I come home and I'm aching. And I dislike it, sorry. My wife doesn't like that word. Uh, I dislike immensely. Um, <laughs> like very close to hate, but not quite. It's just like, uh, and But working with Nick, the day goes quicker. I partner with him. Maybe it's because he's hassling me and I'm just trying to get away from it, whatever it is. The day just goes quick, and, I, and we get so much more done together than if, if we just worked on our own. And so together we can create room for God. And, and the awesome things that as we commit to building God's house, and this is just one of the, the plans and purposes of God for us, is that he commits to blessing our lives. When, when we commit to doing the thing that, that he wants in the earth, that he established in the earth, he commits to blessing our lives. And some of you may be going, well, I don't think it's like that, sowing and reaping. It is totally like that. And it says here in Chronicles, this is God talking to David about his son Solomon. And in 1 Chronicles 17, it says, I declare to you that the Lord will build a, will build a house for you. I love that. You build God's house and he will go before you and build your house. And the house that God will build for you will be far more magnificent than anything that you could ever dream of. You won't have to regress on your dreams and your desires and what you actually want. You'll be able to step forward and go, well, God, this is the desire of my heart. This is what I would love. And when your first priority is building his house, he just goes, no worries, that's, that's, that's not a drama. It says, when your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. One of your own sons, I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I love that. That's God saying, don't worry, I will go before. I will make a way. I will build and establish your, your, your son's throne forever. So just over the next 25 minutes, we'll talk about how we do vision builders, why we do vision builders, what that looks like. But I love in Isaiah 2, starting in verse 2, it says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. I love that. The description of the house of God is it will be the most important place on the earth. And that's God declaring what his house will become. We're not there yet, but we will, because that's the word of God, and that's truth. It will be raised above the other hills. Uh, the people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word, his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. Uh, they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. There, there will be a time of peace where there's now turmoil and war and strife on every side. At that point, they're going to take a hold of their, their spears and their swords and they're going to plow them into, into, into instruments of harvest where they can reap all that God has for them, the people that God has, has prepared and ready to come into the house that we build and we create. Um, uh, Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. I love that. I love that. Nation will no longer war against nation, but they will come to the house of God. And uh, the reason we need to stretch out, that we need to step out in God, is that it, I love what it says. It says, in the last days. 
in the last days. And the reason we need to build the mighty house of God is that in the last days, people would have a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place of healing that they can come and enter into. And there's no doubt, whether we're in the last days, as in days to come or years to come or decades to come, centuries to come, we're in dark times. The world is in a, in a bad, desperate way. We have nations warring against nations. We have people groups warring against people groups. We have, you know, craziness going on where there's legislation changes about who is what and what is what and where can I go and what can I do. Like, like the world is in a crazy place right now. We need God. But what, what we can do is we can create space for God for others to find what we've found so that it can be stability and direction for their lives and their futures. Amen? Amen. You know, for me, honestly, one of the great joys of vision builders every year is that I can partner with others and everybody can be involved. Every, all of us can do something. All of us can commit to something. Uh, and, and again, the amount is kind of irrelevant, but the honoring of God and the listening to God's voice is very important. So I would ask you this week and next week as we come to make our pledges that you'd prayerfully consider and you just take some time to wait on God, to ask him, God, what is it? We started off years ago, so 20-something years ago, giving $200. The first year we gave $200. And then I think the next year went to 500 I did it by myself and you did it by whatever it was. And then when we came together as a married couple, it was, I think it started at 1000 Then we went to 5000 then 10000 And we've probably paid a few mortgages off by now. But do you know what? I, re I regret nothing. I am pumped that I can be a part of building the house of God. And you know the awesome thing is, there are still thousands of young people getting saved and transformed at, at Oxford Falls now that I don't even participate in anymore. Yeah. I'm not there. I contributed while I was there and I, I helped make a way. I've probably bought a few hundred of those seats. I've, I've, do you know what I mean? We've worked there on staff. But we, made, we were part of the team yeah. that made a difference and that continues to make a difference in generations' lives. And, and I actually think through families that are shifted and changed because of that. Lives that are transformed, that could go down one path, kind of like sliding doors moment, but don't and go down another path. Because we, and do you know what? The sacrifice we made then doesn't feel like a sacrifice now because I made a sacrifice there. I've walked through times of God's goodness and I've come out the other side enlarged and I go, that wasn't actually a sacrifice, it was a setup. Yeah. It was a setup for my blessing and my future that God had for me. What I thought at the time was a stretch and a sacrifice just set me up for what God had for me. And I want to encourage you guys, allow God to set you up. Allow God to position you for the future ahead of you that is bigger than you can even dream or imagine. And you know, that's what it says in Ephesians, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory. I think it glorifies God when we make a commitment, we step out into that commitment. I go, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to do it. And you know what, at the moment it kind of hurts. I know, I know there's a bill over here and I know there's school fees over there and I know I want this holiday there, and what, but I'm going to grip my teeth and God, I'm putting you first. God, I choose today to do something at my own expense for the betterment of others, for the, the future you know, of, of the Sunshine Coast and Noosa District. Amen? Fantastic. So uh, our goal predominantly and primarily uh, through vision builders is transform lives. The greatest miracle is a transform life. I'm, a, I'm transformed from what I used to be to what I am. And the word says that. It says anybody that is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is gone. Anybody that's in Jesus Christ, people find Jesus in the house. People find Jesus when they come. So I, th this is about money, but I want to ask you to commit to two things this year. To giving financially, but to giving spiritually. 
I want you to, to commit. We're going to give an amount of money and that's going to be what it is. But this year, like Melissa was saying, who can you pray for? And I, I want to kind of charge you with this as the pastor of the house. Who is it that you can pray for this year? That for, for the course of a year, you're going to pray for them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to love them. You're going to speak into their world and you're going to invite to the house of God. Because the only, the only way, when, you know, we do an altar call every week and we ask, does anyone want to come back to Christ? Does anyone want to give their life to Christ? If there's no visitors... We need people entering through those doors. We want to create a space for God. Like, so it's not just for us, it's for others. It's for the community. It's, it's so that those people that are hurting, those people that are broken, those people right now that are suffering immensely can just have somebody to smile at them, somebody to give them a hug, somebody to say, you're welcome in this place. You may not feel like you fit in anywhere else in society, you can fit in here. We have, we have room for you here. There is a place for you here. You can come and serve here. Amen. And, I, and I'm just grateful that that happened for me. I'm just grateful, because I tell you what, if we don't do it, others will. I used to feel very comfortable at the football club. I used to feel very comfortable at the pub. I used to feel very comfortable snowboarding or water skiing or surfing. Or, but we need to make that where people feel equally as comfortable in the house of God, in the presence of God. So when they're touched by the Holy Spirit, it's not this weird, freaky thing. It's they're used to it. Because you're normal, and I like you, and that's where you go, so therefore I'll go there as well, and it's... All good. Amen? So here's the thing. Building programs come and go. We've done it twice now. This is the third year we're doing it. It's, it's been happening in a whole lot of churches all over the world for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, but what happens is that the, a culture of generosity remains. The program come and go, comes and goes. And, and we'll be reminded of it throughout the course of the year and encourage people, make your regular giving and all those kind of things. But what happens as a result of stepping out in God and making a commitment and getting generous is that the spirit of generosity lingers. And I love what it says in Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And, and I like to think of it as that, that we might give financially, but what we give financially, we reap through life. We reap through what God, those God connections, those God encounters and moments where God brings people across our path. And, and, and you know, I, I'm convinced in life it's never what you know, it's always who you know. And I believe there's God divine connections that happen when I get generous and I get big hearted and I don't look just to me and mine, but I look beyond myself where God goes, I, I'm just going to set up a few things here for you. I'm going to go before you. And, and that's what the word says. It says, he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That he, that he makes the, the, the valleys rise up so I can walk straight ahead on, on easy ground. And um, you know, another reason that we want to take ground and get into a permanent facility is to glorify God. He deserves it. He's deserving of, of a place of magnificence that where, where he can be worshipped. And you know, it says in 1 Chronicles 22, it says, um, starting in verse 5, it says, David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. The cool thing about this story is David wanted to build the temple. He wanted to build the house of God, but God said, you're not going to be the one to do it. You've shed too much blood. There's been too much war. You've been a great king, but you're not the God. Your son, who is a man of peace, a man of wisdom, who has known peace. I will make peace happen all around. He is going to build the house. And so instead of sitting back, David said, well, I'm not going to build it. Man, I'm out of here. I'm going to go and do something else then. I've already built my own temple. I've already built my own. I'm just going to go and enjoy. He said, you know what? 
the house of, the God, of God should be magnificent. The, the world should look on and see what my people have created for me and, and stand in awe and wonderment. And David said, I love this, I will make preparations for it. You know, the church that we give towards today is not the church that we'll enjoy tomorrow. Our kids will. Future generations will. We are going to make a way for future generations. Just like we train them at school and we, we give them apprenticeships and we go, we train them for their future. We can create a space for future generations. And I, I got to tell you, I was just so stoked 10 days ago, whenever it was, when we had youth here. And there was 50 people that turned up and there was kids in the house. And this is a gymnasium by day. And a, but it's, it's, it's church when we come into this place, when we inhabit it, when we take over the spiritual authority of it, it becomes church. And these kids were here and they were skating and playing ping pong and, and, and air hockey and they were on this, the inflatables. And I thought, this is awesome. Because right now they could be out there destroying their lives. Right now they could be making decisions to take drugs, to get into, you know, relationships, to do all that, but they're not. They're in there and they're hearing about God. They're having fun and they're hearing about God and it's smashing mindsets that they've had. We had little kids. I went this surf comp that I took Noah to this morning at Noosa Board Riders Club. Kids that were at the surf comp, worldly kids whose parents don't know Christ, who don't know the church, their kids came. And, and the, the young boy said, this, is the, this is atmosphere is unbelievable. From the second I walked in, I felt, and he's a very funny animated little boy, uh, and he said, I, I love this. This is unbelievable. Everybody feels like my best friend, and I've only just met them. And I thought, mate, if we can do that, I, I will give to that. Yeah. I will put money down for that. Even if it's not a permanent, I will put money down for that because there's future generations. What you sow, you shall reap. If I can sow seeds of faith, seeds of self-worth, seeds of motivation to live a good godly life into that young life, it's worth it for the future. Because I don't know the path that he'll walk and I don't know where he'll end up, but I do know that seeds are being sown. And the Bible says that one plants, another water and another reaps. It's, it's not our responsibility necessarily just to reap. It's our responsibility as a church and a community of believers to sow those seeds, to water them in faith and believe that, God, you're bringing the increase. You're bringing the harvest. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. Wow, time's getting away. The awesome thing also about David making preparations was he didn't hold back. He got extravagant. And when you work, walk, work through what David gave, in today's terms, it it's equates to about between 30 and $50 billion. When he talked about the house of God needing to be magnificent, he said, I'm going to give, but I'm not going to hold back. I'm going I'm to get extravagant. I'm going to enlarge. I, my, my thinking is big. Now, that wasn't from the public treasury. That was from his private wealth. That was from what David had. Now, that's what he had, so he could give from what he had. I want to encourage you. We all have something that we can do to make the name of the Lord magnificent, to, to help create a space. And I tell you, in the coming years, we, you may not even be seeing it now. We may be at 5.30 in the morning and it's pitch black and I'm walking in the dark. I can't even see that building. I don't know where it would be. I don't know how it could happen. Council's gnarly in Noosa. I'm telling you right now, I see a building in the heart of Noosa. God is going to go before us. He's going to favor us. We will get favor with council. We'll get favor with financial institutions. God will make a way. Now, he's not relying on us. And that's the awesome thing is God's not relying on me, but I can partner with him. I can get front-footed. I can go despite my circumstances right now. God, I'm going to commit $50, $100, $1,000, $10,000. doesn't matter. I'm going to commit. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody, if you have made a pledge in the past and you haven't fulfilled it, that's okay. Things happen. Maybe what you could do is roll that commitment that you haven't fulfilled over to this year and go again. And just go, you know, because you don't fail in this. 
This is voluntary. We're giving to God. We're giving to the house of God. So there's no pressure. There's no condemnation. Please feel no guilt. We haven't fulfilled ours this year. We've given towards it, but we're not there yet. So we're just going to roll that over, add to it, and then go again. Because I believe in the house of God. I believe in stretching myself. I believe in making a commitment, uh, even though life at times gets a little blurry. Um, We want to do so much as a church, uh, and it's probably, it's way too much for what we can actually do right now, um, but we can do it. We can do it. Amen? Amen. You know, and and I just want to encourage you this, through last year's initiative, we supported a church plant in Nairobi. I had friends that were stepping out to plant a church, and we stepped out. Uh, and we basically funded that, but I just made a decision that, you know, as a church, through our missions and through our vision builders, I want to help other churches get established. So we made a commitment to C3 Nairobi, the two beautiful young uh, couple from um, the Central Coast went to Nairobi, and today they're functioning with 50 people in their services. And I go, that's, that's credit to you guys. When you stand, that will be credited to your account. You gave to this house, and this house gave to another ministry. So this year, we're going to commit to, I've got two friends, uh, Terence and Emma. When's Emma coming up? September? End of August. Emma's coming up to speak to us. She's a radio personality. They do television stuff. She's coming up in the end of August. Uh, they're going to Miami to start a church. So we're going to, we're going to just commit to um, supporting them, underwriting them, and sending some money their way every month as well. Because as well as wanting to establish ourselves in Noosa, I want to think bigger. I want to think abroad. I want to have a capacity that when God says, uh, mate, here's $10 million, we go, I know what to do that. As a church, well, these are the needs that we can meet. This is what, like, we're not freaked out by the bigness of, you know, a 30 to $50 billion gift. We can do something with that. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not phased by big amounts of money. You give me that money, we will put it to good use. We, we will help the hospitals. We will help hospices. We will do things in the school. We will, we will get buildings. We will do things for the youth of the community. We will use whatever comes in. But I just want us to think bigger, and I want to create space for God wherever we can. Amen. Amen. You know, in 1 Timothy 6, uh, we see Paul talking to to Timothy, his trusty sidekick. This would be like Batman talking to Robin. He's like, come over here, pal. I've got to teach you something. You know, when we were fighting then, you did this, but you shouldn't do that. You should do this. He's instructing him. Um, Just as he rounds out his last letter to the Corinthians. But it says in 1 Timothy 6, it says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Have you ever found in life, I asked Jesus Christ into my life, and I want the roses, the ice cream, the, you know, the pink, pink lemonade, but it's just not like, it's a fight. I have, I've, for 20 odd years of enjoying God's goodness, I've fought a lot of fights. And you've got to fight the fight of faith. Uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. It's, it's a fight. I want to encourage you, get that mongrel on the inside that rises up, in the right way, of course, and fight and go, devil, you're coming. I'm going to fight you and I'm going to stand against you. The Bible says stand firm, resist the devil and he will flee. That, that we, we've got to rise, we've got to fight, we've got to do something with the spirit of faith that's been placed on the inside of us. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Jesus Christ who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until the Lord Christ appearing. Verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present, present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches but in a living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I love that. Don't trust in 
what you have because it can slip through your fingers. I know many millionaires that have lost everything. They had houses on the headland. They had the, the BMWs and, the, and they trusted it. Their, their trust ultimately was in what they had and what they could create. And today they're, they're broke. They went through a GFC. They went through a divorce. They went through a tough time and they lost everything. It, the, the word says don't trust in that. It's not bad to have that, but don't trust in that. Trust in God. He is your provider. I lift my eyes to the hills to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. He's my provider. He's my source of, of, of sustenance and, and, and every other thing. It says, let them do good. It's good to give. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Robin, yes, Batman, I've got something to say to you. Don't trust in your ability. Trust in God. Look to something that's bigger than you. Look to something that is higher than you. And then in trusting God, step out generously. Step out and give. Step out and extend yourself so that you can lay up a foundation for what's to come. I, I, I've got a lot of dreams and desires in my heart, things I'd like to do for me, for my family, for our future. But I've got to tell you, I, the thing that excites me the most is God's plans for my future. The, the, what we will actually walk into. Because do you know the dreams that I had when I was 20 that were pretty big and pretty bold and that I enjoyed? I've exceeded every one of them in God. Not in my own strength or in what I did or what I, I wanted because I yielded to Him my life and said, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And then He came through every time. It, it blows my mind. I don't know if anyone's noticed our little hashtag, we're better together. It's on our Instagram and different things like this. We're better together. I was trying to find it somewhere, I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> I've been up in the dark. and We're better together. Everybody say we're better together. Yeah. We are better together. My life is better because of Nick and Matt. My life is better because of, it is true, Matthew's agreeing with me, <laughs> Vincent and Jenny, because of Kent and Amanda, because of Amanda, because of, my life is better because of you guys. We're better together. We achieve so much. My life is enriched and fulfilled together. But then together we can do certain things. I love what it says, Deuteronomy 32.30, one can set a thousand to flight and two can set 10,000. Yeah. You know, if, if 12 disciples yeah. stepping out in the Holy Ghost can see thousands of one to, one to Christ in a day yeah. and then see a church established and then see the church multiply and, and churches go out all across the world, yeah. what can we do? What could we do together as we partner together, as we put our hand to that plow, as we step out in faith? And it's, and it's not our doing, it's God's doing. But we can just partner with what he wants in this area and go, I'm, I'm going for it. And I, I got to tell you, Melissa and I, we will never not do this. This is our commitment to this, is that we will always be giving, we will always be putting, there won't be a week where I miss tithing. There won't be a week where I miss, you know, fulfilling commitments that I've made. Sometimes it may take longer than that, but my commitment is I believe in the house of God. Yeah. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give towards the, the future and the furtherance of others' destinies in his name. Um, life isn't meant to be done alone or in isolation. It's meant to be done together. Proverbs 18. Can the band come? I haven't even, this is the introduction, so we'll get to the other part next week. <laughs> Proverbs 18 says, The man who isolates himself seeks his own desires and rages against all sound wisdom. Together, I'm going to keep you on track. 
you're going to keep me on track. We're going to flow in God's ways and in his purposes. And I just want to, I, I want to encourage you. Would you pray this week and say, God, how can I partner with C3 Noosa to see you glorified in Noosa and the Sunshine Coast? Is that all right? Can I ask that? And, and it's not to extend you beyond uh, what you can do. Please, it's not about the amount. If, if $50 is what you can do, I, I'm asking you today, would you commit to $50 and praying for somebody and bringing them to church? If God's made a provision in your world and an ability, I've got a friend in New Zealand who in one day, in one offering, a gentleman walked up and gave him $6 million. One offering. And, that was, and then since then, he's had another one where somebody's giving him... Ten. God, God can make a way. It says that the, the, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It says, you know, there's nothing he doesn't have. God's spoken, created, it's, it's his resources, it's his ability, it's his financing. We don't have to worry about that. To the level that you can, I would ask you to commit to vision builders. And I know this, it will enlarge you, it will increase your vision, it will set you up for your future, and you will walk blessed as a result of it. Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Will you just lift your hands and close your eyes? Lord, I thank you for your spirit, your presence. I've sensed your presence here all morning. And God, as we go ahead into our week, we've been talking about money, but we've also been talking about your plans, your ways, your purposes. That, Lord, this word would rest upon our hearts and souls and there would be a peace about it. That not one person would feel guilted into or condemned by or that they need to. That, Lord, each of us would come next week willingly with an amount in our mind that we can commit to, to give to you. God, we don't give to man, we give to you. Whether it's in our pledge, whether it's in our first fruits offering, whether it's in a one-off gift towards the house, Lord, I thank you that each of us can do something. Bless your people that stand before me today. God, increase their lives, increase their vision, their capacity, and let them walk in peace touched of heaven. I pray that the supernatural Lord God would be natural with all of us, that we would be comfortable hearing your voice and being led by the voice of God. Lord, we worship you this morning. Why don't we sing a worship song as we come to a finish? Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.